Welcome to Academy Days, a Christian fiction podcast for teen girls. I'm your host and author, Judith. Welcome to the story. Today's episode is part of the Xavier Shrapnel story arc and makes reference to Nora's memory in episode 17 called Locked Doors. On to the story. Academy Days, episode 47, Blue Moon. Dad was already home from work when Nora led the way into the house. During the summer, his janitor job at the local high school let him get home by one o'clock most days. He stood in the dim hallway watching them all come in the front door, Nora, Xavier, Sarah Len, and the other guy. Nora glanced at Xavier. His head was up, his shoulders back, but it looked like it was taking everything in him to try to look confident, which was probably why Dad said, What's wrong, Xavier? You in trouble? Xavier gave this humorless grunt laugh and turned into the living room without answering. Mr. Argene, we're here to discuss Xavier Argene's involvement with a gang known as the Shrapnel and to seek his assistance. Sarah Len stepped forward, holding out her ID to Dad. He looked at it, arms at his sides. I see he said. He motioned towards the living room. Have a seat. The agents passed into the room, but Nora didn't follow. Dad, she whispered. I'm not sure they're legit. Half an hour ago, they were doing lawn care in the Pella's yard. The ID looks real, Nora, and we both know Xavier hung out with the wrong crowd our last year in the Bronx. He's changed. The words popped out of Nora's mouth. Were they true? Had Xavier changed? If only he would. If only these people she called family didn't exist like strangers assigned to the same area of cubic feet. If only tension didn't always crouch in the corners, ready to spring into the middle of the conversation and blow everything up. Yeah, right. The moon would turn blue first. Dad nodded slowly. Maybe he is changing. I'm hoping so. But that doesn't mean we never have to face our pasts. That's what we've been trying to do with the counseling, right? Work through the past? Nora's gaze swiveled away. Yeah, that was working out well. She still couldn't muster up any words in those sessions with the counselor and her family. She followed Dad into the living room where Xavier sat on the straight-back chair Mom used for her drop-leaf desk. The agents had seated themselves on the couch. Nora leaned against the doorframe while Dad sat in an armchair. She straightened. Maybe she should stand behind Xavier's chair, like his defense lawyer or something. I'm Agent Sarah Len, like I said, and this is Agent Carver Inch. Dad nodded. I'm Nicholas Argin. Maybe you already know that. And you've apparently met my children, Nora and Xavier. So, please explain what you need from us. Wow. Way to take the lead in the situation. Nora almost smiled at her dad. Agent Len leaned forward. 
We're trying to unravel the structure of the shrapnel. We know Xavier was only a courier for the group, but we noticed today that he seemed eager to keep a distance between himself and a member of the gang. Perhaps this distance means Xavier is no longer sympathetic to the gang, afraid of them or desirous of living life on the up and up. Whatever his motive, we've decided to ask if he would help us bring down the shrapnel. Nora straightened. Yes, yes, finally, somebody was going to do something. Xavier stared at the floor, his hands clenched together between his knees. Am I going to jail? Dad stood up. Now, hold on. Xavier did three months in juvenile detention, and we paid fines for his part in the vandalism to that city park. And might I remind you that Xavier was a victim of the gang. He still suffers from occasional seizures because of a beating he took from them. What's this about being a courier? Agent Inch cleared his throat. We recently apprehended someone further up the shrapnel hierarchy than Xavier was. He provided us with many of the names and job descriptions of the boys at the bottom of the food chain, so to speak. And apparently one Xavier Argin was especially in disgrace for filching some drug money. Dad stared at Xavier. Son. Xavier stared at the floor. Agent Len raised a hand. Perhaps we've revealed something you did not know, Mr. Argin, but know this. We are willing to work with Xavier, if he will work with us. Xavier swallowed. He looked up. Will I be free, then, he said. Agent Len nodded. Absolved of all further charges. Xavier nodded. Okay. Dad's eyes were still fixed on Xavier. One word came through the dry line of his lips. Why? Nora's lungs felt tight, her throat unable to flex as she waited for the answer she'd wanted so many times before. Why would you get involved in selling drugs? Dad said. Xavier rubbed his eyes with the palms of his hands. There was this girl. Are you kidding me? Nora stomped one foot. Do you always need the attention of a girl to survive? Xavier lowered his hands. Uh, I don't know. Why not? Nora fisted the doorframe. Do you know what could have happened to your own sister because of your getting mixed up with that creepy gang? Dad's head jerked towards her. What? What happened? Nora took a deep breath, her heart beating like the torque of a helicopter. Nothing, except a good scare, and my saving Xavier a little bit of time by returning part of the money he owed the shrapnel. Dad looked on the verge of throwing up his face green and his eyes so wide they bulged. He moved to speak, but his throat convulsed and he covered his face. Agent Len looked from Xavier to Nora. You weren't on the list. Did you do work for the shrapnel too? 
No, Nora said through gritted teeth. I want the bad guys to go down way more than you do. Dad lifted his face, planting his hands on his knees. Okay, okay, he said, taking a slow breath in between each word. Nora, sit. I want all of this in chronological and detailed order. Agent Len clicked a pen and whipped a notebook out of nowhere. Maybe she really did write for a magazine on the side. Are you going to talk, son? Dad asked. Xavier nodded. Yeah. Dad stared at him. Everything? You'll tell us everything. Yeah. Nora edged into the room and sat on the other armchair, catty corner to Dad. She reached for a pillow and started to hug it to her stomach, then pushed it to the floor. Lawyers had to look confident. No body language that said, I'm hiding, I'm protecting myself. Besides, what did she have to be afraid of here? Xavier was the one on the stand, the one about to confess and plead guilty. I, uh, met a girl at the center and I liked her a lot. Her name is Eponina. She lives with her mom in a one-room apartment walk-up. One day, she was crying, really upset. She and her mom were going to have to move again. She told me it was the seventh time since she started high school that they had to move because they always ran out of money for the rent. Eponina's mom, she doesn't manage money very well. She said she didn't know what happened to it, it just slip through her fingers somehow. Xavier rolled his eyes. Eponina's mom isn't on drugs or anything, but she loves shopping, and it's all chintzy cheap stuff too, but she crams it into the apartment. Eponina thinks her mom has that disorder where you have to keep buying and collecting stuff. Hoarding, I guess. Anyway, I wanted to make sure Eponina could stay in the neighborhood. She deserved to at least finish the school year, right? So she had this cousin who said I could make money by working for him. Xavier held up his hands. I didn't really even know he was in the shrapnel when I started running for him. I mean, I figured it out pretty fast, but it was easy work. Dad moaned, I paid you to do janitorial stuff at the center. Xavier stared at the floor. Yeah, but this made me more, and I felt, I don't know, powerful or independent. Dad harumphed. So you did this messenger delivery stuff for them for how long? Five months. And how did your sister get involved? Xavier shrugged. Ask her. Nora stiffened. He said it as if she were some kind of annoying gnat that had wanted to get involved. I came home from school one day, and the shrapnel was on our street, looking for Xavier, because he'd taken some drug money. I found some money in his room, but one of the guys followed me into the house. Nora swallowed. Thankfully, Marlo and Liesel, you know, they live next door. They were coming over and heard me yell. The guy heard them coming and left with the money, but it wasn't enough. That's why they beat Xavier up. 
That's why Xavier tried to go back last spring. He wanted to pay them off. Dad stared at her. You've been holding on to this since we moved to Easton? Nora felt it, the weight of the secret she'd been carrying for almost two years, except in this moment, that weight was easing up, sliding off her back, only it looked like she'd just dumped it right onto Dad. Could you identify the man you gave the money to? Agent Len asked. Nora shivered, the cold eyes of the man flashing into her mind. Oh, yeah. And would you be willing to snitch on Eponina's cousin? Agent Len asked Xavier. Xavier ran his hand through his hair. You'll get me out of this mess for good. Agent Len nodded. You, and hopefully prevent others like you from stepping into the shrapnel's net. Then I'll identify anybody I can. I'll tell you anything. Agent Len nodded. Now, this Eponina, did she work for the shrapnel too? Xavier's head jerked up. Whoa, wait, Eponina stays out of this. She's just trying to survive with no dad and a nutcase mom. Agent Len began to slide her pen and paper away. All or nothing, Xavier. Make your choice. Excuse me, Ms. Len, Mr. Inch. May I talk to my children about all of this alone for a moment? Len and Inch looked at each other and then stood. We'll wait by the truck. We won't leave until we have your answer. They left, the front door creaking shut behind them. Nora dug her fingers into the chair fabric, the old urge to lock the door coming over her in waves. Dad didn't say anything for a few moments, just sat there with his eyes closed. Eponina, he said. I remember her. We had those evangelistic services. She sat with you. She even went forward and prayed one night, didn't she? Xavier nodded. But you were already working for the shrapnel? Xavier sighed. Yeah. Dad slowly raised his head and met Xavier's eyes. Nora could see it. All the questions Dad wanted to ask. All the failure and defensiveness Xavier felt. All the ways the conversation could turn into a huge fight of accusations and of dragging out how things had been done wrong on both sides. She tensed, waiting for it. The great black cloud that would ooze into the center of the room, dividing their family even further apart. I'm sorry, Xavier said. He swiveled his gaze towards hers for everything. Nora's mouth fell open. Dad's choked voice came next, his words almost inaudible. I'm sorry, too. Nora's head jerked in his direction. What? Xavier was standing, Dad, too, meeting in the middle of the room, hands stretched out to plant on each other's shoulders, heads bowed with big gulpy man tears flowing. Since when? 
Since when did Xavier apologize? To her? To Dad? And after two years, he'd finally explained why he'd gotten involved with the shrapnel in the first place. Nora wiped the back of her hand under her nose. Is this you working, God? Is this you trying to get my attention? No sound. No high or low. Silence. But Nora was pretty sure she knew the answer anyway. So, if God was reaching out to her, was it time for her to turn towards him? Dad and Xavier were doing that manly backslap thing guys did when they hugged. Dad stepped back, gripping Xavier by his upper arms. Look, I know you want to protect her, but... Eponina's not safe if she's involved with the shrapnel, and if there's any of that desire to change left in her that sparked alive the night she prayed at the center, then she'll thank you. She'll thank you for giving her a way out. But she just wanted to earn enough money to buy school clothes, Xavier sucked in a breath. I don't even know where she lives by now. I, I don't even know what's happened to her. Then know this, Dad said. Whatever happens, if she's arrested, if she's lost everything, we'll do what we can for her. We won't leave her to swim on her own anymore. Five seconds passed. Ten. Xavier nodded. I'll tell the agents everything. Even about Eponina's involvement. He met Dad's eyes. You'll be able to trust me again? Nora sank back into the armchair. The moon literally must have just turned blue. Thank you for listening to another episode of Academy Days. For those of you who have subscribed to the newsletter at judiththestefano.com, I have a draft of the bonus episode written. Now I need to edit, record, edit, and upload to the website. Afterwards, you will receive your first newsletter with a code to listen to the bonus episode of Academy Days, featuring a new main character. Enjoy! Enjoy!